Sweat Equity Podcast and streaming shows. We got Dean Akers, Adjunct CEO. On this episode, 296. If you want to check out Dean's podcast, Selling and Leadership Ninja, it's on Apple Podcasts. If you go to deanacres.com, that's like Green Acres, but spelled differently. D-E-A-N-A-K-E-R-S.com. I'm your host, Lost Miss, and to my right, your left is Eric Rager. Man, it's so good for a while. Eric Redinger, we're the number one comedy business podcast in what? the world. Pragmatic entrepreneurial advice with real raw dog talk. <laughs> we're 2020's best small medium enterprise business advisory podcast in the United States. Yeah, winners have been announced. Did we win? Yeah, but it doesn't show the actual winner. Okay, we won. You can listen to us winners on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, App, Spotify. Give that five-star review, rate, uh, yeah, rate, review, subscribe. I did it in, uh, out of order. It felt weird. Felt weird, man. Uh, it's not a weird, too. This episode of Sweat Equity is brought to you by Grasshopper. Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat. Like Keith Sweat. Like Montez Sweat. Gets you $75 off an annual plan. What's Grasshopper, you say? It's a business phone line. Don't have a Google voice number for your business. Don't have your personal number for your business. Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat. Gets you $75 off an annual phone line. No one else is giving you that hookup. Holler if you hear me. Look, you need a business phone line. If you got that side hustle, you got that Etsy store, you're a local business that needs to be scalable. You're a startup that doesn't know how scalable you need to be. You need to make a vanity number. Well, try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat. 75 bones off an annual plan. Are we ready to get this party started? Yeah. Howdy, Tony! Sweat equity. Sweat equity. Well, good to have you back on. We'll have you on as much as you're willing to come back on the show. Um, and uh, I've been listening to my favorite podcast, uh, <laughs> The Selling Leadership Ninja. Here we go. Podcast. Already kissing your ass, Dean. <laughs> I don't look. He's. I, I tell you what, this week, the one I just did. I haven't, gotten, I haven't gotten to it yet, but the, the title is very interesting. Uh, it, it, it was. It was uh, it was precipitated by a conversation with my number three son, and it was it was really it was a digression from anything I've done as far as the typical stuff. But but I've got more emails, more stuff off that one, and I've had a bigger lift off that one than any podcast in a long time. Any yeah, because it's kind of out there. It has nothing to do with sales and leadership. This is the one titled "Cigarettes Are Good for You." Yes. Okay. Yeah, and if people are listening, they want to check it out. It's on Apple Podcasts, uh, Selling Leadership Ninja, with uh, Dean Akers under there. Um, yeah, what, what's the gist of it before I, I get into it, I guess? Well, I'll just – so my son calls me up and he says, Dad, the, the uh, disease of your era was the popularity of cigarette smoking in the 60s and stuff, and then it was deemed to be unhealthy. And everybody was pretty much, you know, it was glamorous to smoke and you were supposed to smoke and you'd go to places and everybody would be smoking. There wasn't any restrictions. Then, of course, they found out the health issues. 
the uh, the fact that you need to smoke outside some time issues that we use. They said, we have a bigger issue today than smoking. This is my son telling me this. And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, social media. He said, it's causing people to be bummed out. It's causing people to put forth what they, a, a perception to people, what they want people to think their lives are, but maybe aren't. He said, suicides are out. He said, time that people spend on actual social media is out. So I didn't believe him. So I went and started researching it. Oh my God, it was two hours and 20 plus minutes a day, average US person on so, just social media, not on your iPhone, just social media, which is almost 22 weeks a year. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you were going to go sugar for some reason, but yeah, this is, uh, yeah, it, it definitely has become um, too ingrained. I'd say, you know, we're in our mid thirties. It's kind of been around for us since college. Uh, and it really was, I mean, when you get into it in college, it was like just what the, what the social network, the movie was about was you're just trying to make sure you can, Keep your tabs on some of the girls you're talking to. Oh, yeah. To. I can remember that. You had to have a college uh, email address to be able to get on Facebook. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't just jump on. You had to wait till your school got listed to be Yeah. Yeah. Correct. And, and, and then it, it doesn't, that the fact that you have these today, you know, so it's in your hand, it, um, uh, you know, it was, it was just pretty, it was just pretty. It was a it was a gotcha moment for me with my thirty three year old son. So I had to I had to just bring it up because he's right. When you look at people spending two and a half hours a day on the platform, so we're not talking about doing emails, checking for business. And then guess who I found out was just as guilty? Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've been getting off. It's like getting off. Not that I ever did crack. But I can imagine it's like trying to get off some kind of addiction. And I've I've done a pretty good job in the last four days. And, <laughs> no crack know, in four days. No crack in four days. But it, but it's, it is interesting because I go to the point in law, I think you and I talked about it a while back. I teach people how to take 10 minutes a day and accomplish anything they want in their life, whether it's working out, whether it's writing a book. Whether whatever it is, you can do it in ten minutes a day, which is sixty hours a year. Which sounds, you know, you sit back and go, "Wow, that's pretty cool." But when you think about eight hundred and something hours, just do two and a half times three six five, you know, and you you look at the numbers of almost nine hundred hours a year, and you divide that by a forty hour work week, uh, and you say that's how many hours that you're just kind of you know, vacuuming or whatever you want to call it. It was like, oh, shoot. It was it was crazy. Yeah, I would say, yeah, it's it's definitely a thing. You can use it as a tool. It's definitely set up. Uh, you probably haven't watched The Social Dilemma yet on Netflix. Yeah, uh, I have. Oh, you've seen it? So, yeah, they throw out the, the psychology gamification of it, you know, how it's giving you that dopamine rush, uh, how they're – the, the whole thing's about keeping you there, just like, you know, they want to keep you there so you can see as many ads, so you can, they can buy as much stuff, so the, the machine keeps going. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I, I would, I use social media 
as an active medium for my business and stuff. So oh, yeah, yeah. Like you have to. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's tough to just not do that unless you're like, you're a knife. Well, even if you're like a knife maker in the woods, like you put it on Instagram. Better get that online, you're, dude. You're putting it on Instagram because that's where, that's where people are looking yeah. for that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I had, I had a meeting with a guy yesterday. He's a son of one of my friends. He's up in Tennessee. And I sent him an assumption build out bottle plan and stuff because he's, he's a survivalist. Uh huh. I looked up all the data on the survivalist, and he he's manufacturing this. I forget the name of it, but where you basically hit metal against this metal to start a fire. And uh, it was just really interesting as to how social media and stuff plays in the back. Yeah, that's uh, that show alive. I think is where they put like twelve people out in the woods. You get like ten items you can have. It's, Ten now, or something. They I, used to I, give them one, one or two. Well, what the, was it? Naked and afraid. That one they give you. I don't watch that one because all I can think about is getting your balls snagged on like a twig <laughs> or something, and that just ruins it for me yeah. before I can turn it on. Plus, that's not good naked. You know, that's never gonna. No, be right. they're all covered in bug bites yeah. by the end. Everybody's swole up. Ugh. Yeah, um, but or, or Survivor Man used to be the best show in the Bear Gryllis era uh, because he was he literally set up a camera. Yeah, that was just that's just him. And that guy was legit. No fake in that. No fake. No fake urine. Like, yeah, Bear Grylls. He would go out of his way to do dumb shit, like like, just to drink his own pee to show that you could. It's like, all right, well, you don't need to do that, dude. But exactly. But I mean, Netflix is another one. That's another thing. It's not social media, but it's a thing that it's not. Eric and I actually talked about this this morning. It's kind of it kind of dovetails nicely and kind of what I wanted to talk to you about because uh, I went back a little bit and listened to some of your episodes about reducing the noise around you and and I did listen to it yeah that and was it, the one I, I made a point to listen to but it, it's one of those things where um, you know you're big on that and kind of putting your focus where it needs to be now here's the example social media right it's it feels gross you feel like a high school girl <laughs> that yeah if you're on there that long, but you can utilize it as a tool. You need to know enough. Uh, you can imbibe it enough to know what it does and know how it's working. Uh, but you got to find that. You got to call yourself out on that. Because now I've been doing it where I'll be on there. I'll be like, what am I doing? Like, this is yeah. Uh, the four I've minutes. I've seen this. And, already seen this. Right. So it's like, right. When you, when you scroll so much, you're like, I should just pick up a book. Yep. I've gotten back to taking my phone. And just putting it face down and putting it somewhere across the room, and just I don't even care. Just I live in the woods for all that matters. Brave, you're so what, brave. I mean, what 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 emergency is going to happen that needs me? You know, after whatever o'clock at night. Well, I jokingly tell people when they talk about the, uh, you know, the, my baby boomer brother buddies all go, "Oh, we were so we worked so hard," and I go, "No, we didn't." <laughs> I said, at five o'clock at night. You got in your car, you drove home. There was two and a half TV stations in Tampa Bay. Two and a half. You couldn't even get ABC half the time without getting your rabbit ears right. Uh, I was going to say, and what's at that midnight, half? the freaking, you know, the, the signal went off. You know, that was it. And your phone sat by your telephone. Your telephone was by your refrigerator. You guys wouldn't even have that. I had it. We had that. We had the, the curly uh, yeah. Q kitchen phone that you had to go around the other side of the wall so you could talk yeah. to your seventh grade girlfriend. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, think about it. 
that but you didn't have caller ID. You knew whoever was calling you knew you because nobody else had phone numbers except you know, there wasn't a mass of people calling you up, you know, trying to sell you stuff. Yeah. I had so fun today, I gotta tell y'all real quick. I had this this Rim, Texas morning come through because Mr. Rakers or some crap, I knew it was one of those blow up texts, you know, one of those things. Mm-hmm. And so I <laughs> sent him a text back and I said, <laughs> Bob, you got my message about sending me the money? And he, so we did this whole text. I love goofing on 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 people now, you know, when they're when they're sending me stuff. It goes, you know, I, I wanna I wanna so go ahead and wire me the money. I'll get you the account number. And he goes, Well, send me five grand first and I'll put it to you in Bitcoin. I said, Man, we don't do it that way. You're the one that wants to be on our team. And I just went on and on. <laughs> um, and I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I, before I get into the, the reducing noise conversation, I was telling Eric before we got on, on the mics, I, can you explain why if you ever go to a meeting, you told me this story, I thought it was wildly interesting. If you ever go to a meeting and you were telling me about a story where you went, you went up to New York, I believe, uh, um, where if you told me the advice is if you ever ask for coffee, you take it and you should always go to the restroom at some point. Uh, either before the meeting, or during the meeting, or you know, at some point, what can you yeah. explain that story and why? Because I'm, I don't, I don't want to ruin the the punchline of it, but uh, or well, the, should, the psychodynamic you figured out, I guess. It's it's a pretty powerful thing, uh, you know. So when I even when I was back in sales in my twenties, is I'd go in and I'd ask to meet somebody, and they'd always say he's busy or tied up, and I said, can I use your restroom? And they go, yeah, you can use our restroom. Well, guess where every restroom is in every office? Right next to the boss's office. Exactly. It's back in the back somewhere. Yeah. So you have to walk by everybody. And I'd walk by and I'd just start yucking it up. Next thing I know, I'd be talking to somebody. Next thing I know, they go, why are you here? And I go, well, I'm just using the restroom. I'm supposed to be the CEO. And they go, oh, I'll walk you in there. Okay. <laughs> take me in and introduce me. And then the guy starts yucking it up with me. You know? Yeah, That. I mean, that's. That's a, a great way to shoehorn your way in, you know. So we're not supposed to just get up in the middle of meetings multiple times to go to the bathroom. That's not the way. I definitely was trying to figure out. Well, <laughs> You're like what's well, that psychology? The story, the other, the, well, the the story other, you told me was it was you did both, I think. And um, if I recall, well, the right. coffee the coffee gig is so that when you go into a meeting, they say, "Would you like a cup of coffee?" Whether you drink coffee or not, always say yes because coffee suddenly sets the timer of that meeting. Doesn't mean you have to drink it, but it, it, if you take the time it takes to drink a cup of coffee, it's probably five minutes. You know, people are sitting around having a cup of coffee. It means it gives you a barometer of time that you can spend with somebody, and then you go, "Oh, I got to get out of here." So what they do the minute they offer you coffee, they're giving you a window of time greater than, yeah, you can say hello, and so always take it, even if you don't. Drink. So it becomes almost an hourglass in a way, uh, correct? But subconsciously, in a, in a, in yeah, a, yeah. You don't have to drink it. What they know the minute they ask if you want a cup of coffee, they're inviting you in for a bigger duration than standing in their office door, you know, waving at. So you're applying this to not scheduled, impromptu meetings for the coffee. Yeah. Well, I do it. I do it. I do it. Yeah, for the for if I if I'm cold calling. Sometimes. Okay. Okay. Uh, but a lot of times I'll do it even when I'm, you know, I have an appointment. 
because it still sets up if he offers or she offers. It's it's just the kind of a source of time that they give you no matter what. Mm. So you don't feel rushed. Okay. Yeah. And it gauges them drinking. If they still have coffee in their cup, guess what? They're still they're they're still into it. They're still around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like uh, when you're having a good dinner conversation. Not a, neither of you's really ha- eaten quickly enough. It's kind of gotten cold. That's like a little indicator that it's a good time, a good good dialogue back and forth kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I, and it works. It works. It works flawless. Yeah, I, I mean, I find that those kind of things. That's kind of why we do this show. Is those kind of pragmatic, very very easy things to remember. For anybody that's out there trying to hustle, that's like a a, a very small thing to do, but it, it it wedges you into it wedges you in the spot you want to be in. Well, if you're in sales and you make your money from financial transactions, most salespeople had this discussion with one of ours today and one of our companies. You know, he's sitting there. We find out we have a defined market, so it's not like you know, we're guessing where it's coming from. And he wants to do email blast. And and I find out that for him to make six to ten million a year, he has 300 customers. I go, you don't do email blast. You get highly intimate with them because it's a bunch of money they're going to pay you. You do the touching, you do all the stuff, you, 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 you get engaged with it. Well, what happens is in business, you find so many people don't get engaged. And they don't ever call or go there. I have my ninjas. I've got ninjas now that I'm working with. They'll sit there and they'll go, you know, business is tough. And I go, what do you mean it's tough? They go, well, these people aren't seeing people. I said, so when you went by and walked in their office, they told you they weren't seeing people? They go, well, I've never gone by. And I, and I said, well, guess what? I can promise you, guess what they're not going to do? Yeah, it, I, I could reiterate the same on the other side where in your podcast you're talking about when people are looking to get hired, get a job. It's this, it's kind of the same, uh, self-talk, um, your, that book on Amazon by Dean, uh, you know, that's that thing of like, you can be defeatist, uh, before you even really begin. And, you know, you were talking about a lot of people go, the job market's really tough right now and COVID especially for a lot of people, but, you know, you'd flip that on them and be like, well, what have you done, basically, is what you're getting to, right? Yeah, I had this guy. In fact, it was in a magazine today. I don't know if I have it right on the top. Because I don't want to. Yeah, here it is. This is the back cover of the magazine. He's pulling out a hustler, out. everybody. <laughs> huh? He's pulling out a hustler, if anybody is yeah, listening. No. So I had a guy, and he's, and he's a, 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 a special ops veteran. And, and I said, what do you want to do? He says, well, I want to get a job. I said, what's your passion? He says, offer a Jeep. I go, then what, what would you do? He said, am I perfect for I said, yeah, you're perfect for Define your perfect for for you. Don't take a crap for it. And he said, well, I would build a Jeep park, an off-road Jeep park with everything in it. I go, then why don't you do it? He goes, oh, Dean, you don't understand. There's not money out there and stuff. And you, both you guys know me well enough to know I just told him to shut up. Mm-hmm. All right. So I told him, I said, well, guess what? There's not going to be money out there. There's not going to be enthusiasts out there if you never go ask. So we build out a strategy for him just to give us happy ass in his car and start going and asking people in the Jeeping community, would they be interested? 
and then he this is the back oh, cool. of the magazine live life in the fast lane enclave mm. it's being done now so his dream is 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 coming to fruition because he got off his ass and quit talking about it and went out and 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 got thrown out a bunch of that let's call it and now he's having his dream of his dreams come true yeah I, it it's weird how the <clears throat> you do you think that's kind of a self-protection thing a lot of people do to themselves before they can get started you know, on what they really want to do. You think you're, you kind of push, you're like a, a, a Sherpa. Like, I'm going to get you up the hill a little bit, but you're going to take it the rest of the way. Like they just need to get off base camp and get yeah, up. Well, they, well, there's most people have self-protection. You know, one of my sons one time told me, he goes, well, dad, I just don't want everybody to think I'm a tool. And I go, who cares? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, well, what are you talking about? I said, this example sales, me going into companies, everything, I equate it to something that I found out when I was in college. And uh, it's pretty profound to think about it. Uh, when you go out and try to get money to, to follow your dream, and you go really cold, you can call and get thrown out, get cussed out, get hand lifted up like I've been done before, locked out. I equate it to something that I found out in college. It's like being if you if you if you can do this, it'll never bother you. And by the way, do you think it ever bothers me? I doubt no. it. No, no. And here's why: it's like being drunk, falling off a floor. Being drunk, falling off the floor. If you're drunk on the floor, how far do you fall? <laughs> well, hopefully there's no stairs or anything or no a balcony. Door. Yeah, well, you don't you don't fall. Right. Right. Before this guy was, he was telling himself, I'm going to fall. And I go, the worst you'll ever have is nothing. And that's what you started out with. So how is there a downside to end up with what you start out with, which is nothing? Yeah. Is there any downside to nothing if you have nothing? Right. Exactly. It's, uh, it's like never, never, um, fight with the person that has nothing to lose because yeah. that's well, the yeah, scariest but, person to fight. <laughs> but, but in business, what happens is so many people are getting their tackle ready. You know, when I wrote my book, self-talk, I think I told you about the guy that took me to lunch and he, and, and he opens it up and he, he goes here and he shows me a couple of places and he goes, I love the book being, but here's a spelling error. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And then I asked him how many spelling errors, more do I have in my book than your book? <laughs> and his answer was, well, I've never read the book. Exactly. Right. He's waiting to get it perfect. Now I have thousands and thousands of copies of my book that have sold. Right. Now, does it matter? Who knows? But if you get off your butt, like this guy right here, I am so proud of this green beret that went out and was convinced he would never do anything but get a J-O-B, and he's raised damn near a hundred million bucks to create one of the coolest things that's going to be in this region. And it's all by subscription base and owner base. It's like a, it's like a condo for rich Jeep owners Whoa. that have their own playground. Interesting. Yeah. there, And that's like a niche market that, you know, if you know people that are into those Jeeps, 
they're really fucking into them. Yeah. And like they spend, they do the, what is it called? Like uh, coffee and cars on, on Saturday mornings, those yeah. like dork clubs uh-huh. for cars. Yeah. And man, I mean, there is a market for that and good on him for uh, capitalizing on it. Well, but what he did, the message I'd like to share, where if anybody who's listening to us today, the message I want to share is not good for him to da da da. The message is you can do anything, anything you want if you put your mind to it and just start and trudge through. It's like my son was trying to get jobs. People try to get jobs. He came back up here and he needed to get a job, so he reached out and and, and the guy goes, the CEO goes. He finally got the CEO, and the CEO goes, can you send me your resume? And he told the CEO, I don't have a resume. I'm not sending you a resume. The CEO says, why are you not going to send me your resume? And he said to him, I am my resume. Oh, boy. That, that's bold. And guess what? That's an acres boy right there. Yeah. <laughs> and guess, guess what happened, though, Law? He can back it up, though. Well, he got the job. Right. But I'm saying, like. Everybody else is going through HR with resume. Sure. Sure. I talked to a kid the other day. He's going, well, I've posted on Indeed. I've posted here. I've posted here. I go, where do you want to go to work? He goes, well, I want a job. No, 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 no. No. Where do you want to go to work? What company? And he told me. I said, well, then that's where you're going to work. He goes, how do you know? Because you're going to get your happy ass in a car today, and you're going to go over there and ask to meet the CEO. That was three weeks ago. Guess where he works today? At that company. Um, yeah, and he had waited for months and months and months doing all the freaking LinkedIn posts, Indeed, all the job, you know, crap he put up there and until he decided where he wanted to go and went there. Who else does that? Right, now, especially these days. Right, especially they didn't do it law in my day. In my day, they no? didn't. I, no, my day, that's what my parents used to tell me all the time. Just go, just go show up in a suit. Yeah, yeah, but we had we we had a we had a company during the recession of 08, and we had a no hiring order. So if you came into our company and you said, "Are y'all hiring?" Our receptionist said, "We'll take your application, but we're not hiring." The year we had a no hiring order with two hundred and some change of people count headcount, we hired over a hundred people that year, over a hundred, and we had a no hiring freeze. Sounds like that receptionist didn't do a good job. No, she did a great job because here's how we hired people. We hired people like we how we met you two. Right. You guys didn't. We met you through a relationship. Mm-hmm. We were looking for something. We didn't run a, a freaking Indeed ad or something, did we? Yeah, I no. believe friends and family are about 90% of the way people get uh, jobs, if, if I'm understanding. Well, it is. It is. And being assertive. Sure, sure. But, yeah, uh, the – the stuff where you're, you know, I feel it on the other side for a lot of people looking for the right person. They're like, well, we put it on ZipRecruiter, which should be on every site. And it's like, I, we can flip this around on the other side for the employer. Uh, and I think what you're doing is what I, I used to do for clients for a target audience. Who's your, I close your eyes. Who's your dream client? What does that look like? What is that? What is that business? Or what is that? That person? Give me that makeup or give me what they wear. Give me what they they might drive or whatever that is. If it's a B to C, if it's B to B, what kind of business are they? Are they organized? Or are they growth phase? Or are they whatever? Or you know, are they X, Y, and Z? And I feel like you could do that for the jobs. And a lot of people were not that great at hiring, like just overall, in a lot of weird ways. Like, 
because no one sits to have that conversation. What's the psychology of the person we want to work around mm. <laughs> or, or under me or you know next to me or whatever that is? And then what are the things they actually need to do, not the stuff on the resume? What, how can I do an aptitude test in, in person, uh, not just print off Google's hiring questions that I don't understand when I ask them? You ever had that? You ever heard of those? Oh, yeah. And, and people, they'll ask you those, they'll print them off the internet, they'll ask you them, and then you can answer it, but they don't even know how to assess the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Let me look up the right answer real quick. But I think you take a bit, one thing I've noticed, your your strategy or approach to a lot of stuff is take a wide stance, take a, let's step back, let's look at it macro, and then, so you probably told the Jeep guy, okay, you don't have, there's not enough people that are interested maybe after we talked to some people, let's look at the market share of how many people own Jeeps. Or I could see- No, he never even, no, well, they never ever talked to people. Oh yeah, but I'm, I know, but I'm saying, I'm trying to give it a, a bad example because that went one the other way. But I'm saying mm-hmm. like, what you'll do is you'll pull back out and go, like you did with social media. You went and looked up, you had to find out what is the average use? What's the macro on that? Or what's right. the average of our population, you know, imbibing uh, content? via social media. And I think that helps put a thing a lot into perspective, but also what's the extreme case of like, what is the job you want to get? Okay. Let's narrow that down. Let's put it by company and see how we can get in there. Cause without that, you don't have any focus. Correct. And I, I found in like, for instance, in all my companies and I've had companies, the biggest one I've ever had was close to a thousand employees. So there's no Amazons or huge companies. But I've never run an ad to hire a person in my career. Hmm. I've had lobbies full of people. And I'm not talking to, so the persons that brought my team members, like when I had my construction company, my lobby was full of people, pipe layers, backhoe operators, people every day. And guess who was recommending them come see us? The other employees. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I learned those guys that ran backhoes and stuff, we weren't their first job. And so they all hang out at the same bars. They knew the same kinds of people. So when, when their buddies were bitching about who they worked for, because I did all these touches for my team, birthday notes, all the stuff, we had meetings, they would tell them, well, the company I work for is awesome. You ought to see if you're lucky enough to be on board. So when they would come there, it was a way different framework than trying to just look at resumes. So, um, so we're closing in towards the end of this episode. I want to ask you, uh, all right, how's the, what's the practical advice uh, on reducing noise? Someone comes to you and is like, "I spend a lot of time thinking," or they probably never, they probably never position it that way, but they spend a lot of time thinking and not doing. Or there's people listening to this that are like, "I don't know, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm indecisive." Or, uh, I'm so busy. I have so I'm, much uh, going that, on. Yeah, the, everybody's busy now, and I the people that tell me they're busy, they're not, and I know it. And the and people like yourself, Dean, you're busy, but you'll never say that you're busy. I find th- I find this to be very true um, yeah. with almost everybody I know. Oh, I'm super busy. It's like, well, what do you have to do? Well, I gotta go to this this place. That you know, I gotta get my nails. I gotta get acrylic nails. And you're like, oh, okay, you know. Um, I got to get, you won't be able to type. Why are you God do forbid that? you pull up their calendar and be like, all right, how long does that take? Right. How long does that take? Yeah. Got a lot of free time. Yeah. Talk to a billable lawyer 
who does it every six minutes and they'll tell you how to squeeze the most out of the day yeah. work-wise. Uh, how, uh, how do you tell anybody or how do you, or how about just, I'll state for me, I'm, I'm trying to work on that slowly, but surely. And I'm using the Adam Carolla theory. If it doesn't make me money or make me happy, why am I doing it? Um, uh, and that's with your time. Cause it's the best, the best commodity we all have. Uh, how do you talk someone out of, uh, just knocking it off uh this will sound really and it's not easy to do but i've been doing it now for almost 35 years with my teams um i actually take people piece of line paper and each line is a 15 minute increment and i start when you get out of bed in the morning and all i do is it's like a diary they carry with me. all and i put a line down the middle so it doesn't have to be the full line and they just go brush teeth got shower to work and what will happen is it'll freak them out um it'll freak them out you know is when they're going through it and all of a sudden guess what they're going to find as they're trying to track their time that they they have a lot more time than they realize yeah and if you just do the one thing i just mentioned about the social media you know just social this was social media viewing on on a phone if you took almost two and a half hours every day and you said, what do you want to do in two and a half hours? I, I, I've been using that. My wife goes, Dean, I'm going to join the gym. I go, why? She goes, I want to get in shape. I said, why is joining the gym? I have an app called the seven minute workout. You do that five days a week for one year. Guess what's going to happen? Yeah. You'll be in shape. You'll be fine. You're going to be more than in shape because if you do that seven minute app, if I gave that seven minute app to 90% of the people to do it one time. And they followed the full. They, they can't get through the seven minutes. Yeah, right. It's a yeah. It's a self motivation thing. If you really want to do it, you'll do it. But it, you know, if you're going to say, "I need to," yeah, I have a gym. I got to go to the gym. I got to drive over there. Oh, I don't have no gas. Way. I got to get gas. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to happen. It's already built in. Yeah, and you guys know all that. And you know what? A lot of people know that. I work with a lot of companies now, and when I get the noise, and the other thing, while well, I would share with you is everybody's entitled to their own opinions, but they're not entitled to their own facts. Mm. And when I deal with people with facts, especially financial performances of businesses and stuff like that, like I got one customer now, he's, he's done, they do four and a half million this year. And they're 30 something years in business. And, you know, they're all like sweating bullets about how tough business is. We just did a market analysis and just deep, deep dive he could go up and down Highway 19 from Clearwater to the bridge, and there's probably 200 million in what he does on Highway 19. Right. In other words, he's not even allowed to go to a single side street, and he doesn't even know about it. Right around his office, there's probably quadruple his business that you could skateboard to, and he's never called one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh... Yeah, what you're very good at is let's see the forest for the trees kind of thing. Um, well, it was a it was an eye shocker for him. Sure, sure. Well, uh, look, we'll have you b- back on every month if we can. Uh, we'll be your period if that's cool. <laughs> well, you got you got you guys are awesome, and I always appreciate both of you. And um, you know, getting out there and helping people is so important. And there's so much opportunity today. As you both know, there's more opportunity today than there's ever been in anybody's career with technology 
all the things you can do. And um, it, there's just no excuse for anybody not to be the person they want to be and be the best version of themselves, for sure. So I always appreciate you guys. Let me share some of my soon-to-be 69 years of wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. When's that coming up? August. All right. You're counting the days. So you, I, I, I yeah. feel a lot of immature jokes. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We're going we're gonna to leave that 69 is my favorite year. <laughs> my favorite from your mom's house, a bit they got all their fans to do is they asked all yeah. their parents, when dad turned 69, will you guys 69? And so they have all these home videos of people asking that. They're like, what? Yeah. What? Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That joke doesn't fly as good as you think it does. I think it's hilarious. Well, I mean, I, I not with it. me, I love I'm it. I'm going to send it to Dean. I've done it like, a few I'm times. I'm going to get three, like, three emoji thumbs up. When it's, it's yeah, yeah. You know, Law knows I'm like, I, I watch comedy. That is my addiction. Oh, one thing I did want to say is you do love stand-up comedy, and you are you love it way more than I, I realized when we started talking about it. Uh, listening to your podcast is kind of like Tim Dillon. It's a guy you're going to really like. He just goes on for an hour and a half with nothing. And uh, he's a uh, he's like our age, big guy from Long Island, gay, but doesn't have the optics of that. And everybody thinks he's a big Rush Limbaugh Republican. Uh-huh. And so he just he just to- he just chews on uh, he'll do an hour and a half just off the dome. It's pretty amazing. Whoa. Yeah. The guy's awesome. He's on Rogan a bunch, all that stuff. But anyway, I'll let you. Uh, Thank you so le- much, Dean. Wait, he's got, you got any? I thought you were about to dispense some sixty-nine-year-old knowledge. No, no, no. I'll tell you about sixty-nine offline. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Got Thanks, it. Dean. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming Thank on. you. Have a great day. See ya.